Good morning, Giants. Welcome to Wake Up with Giants TV. Have you ever wondered why your voice is all that matters? Stick around. Good morning, Giants. Welcome to Wake Up Giants TV. I'm Ryan Morris, and as always, I'm here with your host, Nicholas T. Smith, the author of The Giants and the Smalls. You see how I did that, Nick? I'm <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Everybody, everybody that knows the giant shout-out yeah. that we just created uh, a couple of episodes ago, they're like, oh, there it is. Again. Oh, here comes here the overused buttons. Oh, dear God. <laughs> if you haven't subscribed on YouTube, go ahead and go there now. Find Wake Up With Giants TV. Hit the alert button so you know when we go live every single dang time. And then come over to a tribe of giants on Facebook. Uh, we've got a great group that uh, supports and loves and, and uh, just hold space with you if you need it. You can just. Come say hi every now and again. It's a great place to be. Just like that. Hi. Nick, will you <laughs> introduce our like guest Mr. today? Rogers. It's <laughs> yes. a beautiful day. It is. In the neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, we've got a, a killer guest today. we got Sarah Adnani, and she is a coach. And some people say she's a mentor. Some say she's a consultant. But what she does is she gets her clients unstuck. And uh, she helps them to change the course of their lives. So back in 2015, she lost her voice, couldn't speak for a year. So for half of that year, she went to Asia and hung out with monks. Since they don't speak either, they were perfect company. And That's what you do, right? Pretty when much the perfect teachers, right? <laughs> so she uses her voice now to help others find their voice. So she works with both men and women who feel stuck. She's coached people through loss, breakups, emotional blockages, career conflicts, relationship struggles, and health issues. And she is a powerhouse. We got to see her speak at the Ultimate Coach Experience. Uh, yeah, down in Phoenix. So, Sarah, Sarah, I'll say Sarah, welcome to this show. I'm screwing up your name already. <laughs> we already spoke about this name. <laughs> I'm a good listener. This is why I coach. I listen. Yeah. Well, we're glad to have you on. Um, we we love to dive into your journey. So that's what this show is all about, is diving into the, the journeys to show people that there's so many different ways to become a giant in your life. And so we either go back in time to your childhood or we go back in time to this awakening that you had, whatever serves you. And so where would you like to start your story? Well, I, I guess they'll I'll go back and forth. Okay. Um so what happened at age, what you were talking about, Nick, is that age 32, I lost my voice. Uh, I had bronchitis, and so I was really sick, and I lost my voice. But I got better, but my voice never came back. That's crazy. So how did I get there? Basically, that was back when I was working in market research in the corporate world. I was full-on business, corporation, um, for about 10 years. Um, so that, when that happened, that was the first time I kind of like stopped. So to go back to my childhood, you know, like most of us, we, we're born, we go to school until we're 18 and then we go to more school 
until we're 22 and then we start working right away. Some of us get married right away and start having kids. So it's kind of feels like life just like do this, do that. It's, it's mapped for all of us. Yeah, like there's a plan in place already though, but it's, it's not our plan. It's just this plan. Like go to school, get married, go to college, get a job like, like that or something else. Yeah. Like that plan. Like that's the plan you follow. That's what everyone does. Okay. Right. Yeah. And so that's what I was doing too. And we're just programmed this whole time. No one's asking our opinion, really. Um, we just do what everyone else is doing. And we never stop or ask or wonder. They don't teach us about spirituality or anything like that in school. They don't teach us about how to manage our money. They don't teach us about how to manage relationships. They don't teach us any of those things. They teach us about geography and things i have never used since geography. <laughs> you know? if you if you really want to be giant no there's probably somebody that does geography in here i can't say that <laughs> <laughs> not that those things are bad you know but yeah. we they can teach us those things but alongside it doesn't have to be an or right it could be an yeah. and there you can teach me all these things hmm. i love math i love statistics it's what i used in my career yeah. um and you can also teach me about God and love and relationships and things that I use every day, you know, how to handle love and how to handle conflicts and how to handle money and how to cook and how to, you know, things I use every day now. Yeah. And so they're, they're skills, but keep going. Like what came from that? Like as you, as you're doing that path, I'm just thinking of my book right now of, of the intro where he's like, this is what giants or this is what smalls do. We've always done it this way. There's no other way. You get a small job. You you go create a small life. You don't question it, really. You just do it, right? Absolutely. You don't question. And if you question it, depending on what a what a you know what society you're born into, what family you're born into, you might you know then you either rejected or you lose that kind of like sense of belonging. Okay, um, so. so yeah, hang, hang on to it because I will interrupt the crap out of you and I'm sorry. It's fine. <laughs> and I'm not sorry at the same time. Don't be pleased. <laughs> but the uh, the cultural thing, right? Like what whatever culture you're born into, there's a version of that, right? There's this is how we do things here. Mm -hmm. And and it's handed to you and you're expected to just get in line, get in line, do do this thing. All right, that's right. it. Keep going. I'm gonna keep energy. And it's you know what the thing is like. I re I was angry about it at first when like it kind of hit me during that whole awakening yeah. thing, and then I realized they just didn't know better either. That's their way of this is the structure. Follow right. it so you can do well in life. Hmm. Uh, if you don't follow it, you might struggle. So it doesn't. You know, I I understood later on that it, it comes from a really good place. Yeah. Uh, so again, there is an and there because. It can come from a good place and I can have compassion for them. And they can also understand that I can try something different and be okay with it. Uh, so it's a mutual compassion, mutual understanding. Yeah. Uh, it's no one's fault. It's just everyone's trying to do the best they can. Now yeah. I understand that. I did not back when I was really, really angry. Yeah. Um, like the awakening phase goes through. The first, the first step is anger, I think. For me, at least it was. I, I think you're dead on and we could talk about some of the journeys, but that's what we see too, is you go into kind of a grief 
slash anger slash guilt slash shame kind of stage of life where you have this awakening and then you go into that. Like, it's like, Oh crap. Right. Yeah. And you know, when that happens too, you try and talk about it or have a conversational question. Right. So I, I had a lot of questions. And so how, how did, when did I start having those questions? So anyway, so we we get to 32, right? So I've done everything I was told to do. I'm 32. Um, have an amazing job. I'm making great money. I have a good title. I'm working at a big corporation. I'm in LA, living the life. I'm partying in Hollywood. Life is great uh, as far as I'm concerned or I can tell or you can tell from the outside. I, really, it looked great to me. I had I didn't know better. I was working a lot. I worked about 14, 16 hours a day and I partied a lot the rest of the time. Um, so what's wrong with this life? Nothing, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Till I got sick and now everything changed. So I couldn't speak anymore. So at first I was in complete denial. I went to doctors and they would say, oh, your voice would, would come back. There's nothing you could do about your voice. It just comes back. And I was like, okay. So I was, I still, I still went full force. I even changed jobs and I couldn't speak. So I was like, ah, you know, this is how oh, like, I got interviewed. And yeah. got the job. I switched jobs. I went to Burning Man with no voice. You know, I was like, complete denial. This is not happening. Who needs a voice anyway? There, everybody's like, hey, this is a rad character you're playing. No voice. <laughs> I've never tried that before. That's pretty cool. <laughs> right. At, at Burning Man, they're like, right. oh, I totally get you, man. <laughs> you know what's funny? Yeah. Is I could speak again. Like my voice would come back the way you hear it now. Hmm. Um, or better, because it's still very it's still pretty raspy. But it's it's good now. I'm very grateful for what I have. But it will come back when I have a couple of beers. Mm. And, uh, you know, I, I told my doctor, I'm like, it, I don't understand what's happening. Like, why do I get my voice back when I'm drinking? It's definitely not sustainable. Everybody at home that has <laughs> lost their voice is now like, this is not sustainable. <laughs> drinking some alcohol. I'm like, I could not, what am I supposed to do? Drink and go to client meetings? Or what yeah. am I supposed to do? And they couldn't figure out. They're like, I don't know why this is happening. Um, so, hey, Tony. I um, So months went by, right? Like months went by. I lost my voice in July. Yeah. And I'm, I'm living like this. And people are trying to help me out at work and uh, help me with client meetings. Because that was my main thing is to present decks, put research together, present decks, oversee the whole thing, travel. And my boss will jump in to help me out, uh, manage my team or do presentations. And then one day this guy told me at work who I just started, his name was Matt. He's like, hey, you sound just like someone who has polyps in their vocal cords. You should go see this doctor. And so I was like, okay, it's been a few months. Maybe I should actually take this seriously. And I went to the doctor and that's what it, it wasn't polyps. It was cysts, which is actually worse. And it was a few of them. It wasn't one. It wasn't two. It was a few of them. Holy cow. That's, that's when it hit me like, oh, crap. So I need to do something about this. Uh, so he sent me to another doctor. Uh, her name is the voice doctor. She's in L.A. And she's she's huge. She deals with singers and stuff. 
since mm. my case was complicated, she she took me on. And so that's when it hit me because she's like, you're going to have to go through th surgery. You're going to have to go through ter therapy. This is going to be a while. Hey, Alex. Um, I so, just I just picture her mom and dad naming her when she's born. What should we call her? Let's call her the voice doctor. Let's just put that on the birth certificate. <laughs> she was awesome. Why not? She was awesome. I think Elon Musk does that too. He's like, let's put a, an at symbol and some exclamation marks in there. <laughs> anyway, keep going. <clears throat> so that's so this this is November, right? And so yeah. I can't go through surgery until February. And uh, have to go through therapy and stuff so things started to get really difficult so that social life i lost right because i can't sustain drinking and hanging out with people every night um because it's the only way i could speak and then i couldn't and then it was hard to kind of like stay at home depressed and you know not being able to socialize or do anything right um i started doing a lot of yoga i started meditating a lot and then I finally had the surgery in February and then everything went well, but she said no speaking at all. So even the ah, that I was trying to make before, those noises I was trying to make when I was really forced to speak, which gave me like terrible headaches. Mm. Uh, she's like, no speaking at all, at all for at least 12 weeks. And so that's when it hit me. So I lost my job because I couldn't, I just couldn't sustain that anymore, you know? And I couldn't work. I couldn't do anything. So that's when I, I was meditating, running Kenyon in in, uh, in L.A. And I was like really at a low point. I was just like, God, just help me. What do I do? And that's when like, I heard guys say, God say, go to Asia. Go hang out with monks. They don't speak either, you know. Hmm. Why not? And I was like, yeah, why not? Man, so I, I just feel like I could read from my book right now and you'd hear Sarah Adnani in the whole thing. Like you were living your life, 32 years old, right? You'd lived a, a pretty good chunk of life right there. You'd had your career, you were successful, you were you had all your friends, all this stuff had occurred. And then there's this moment of waking up, like your voice is just gone, right? And then at this point, you start reaching out and looking up in a way, you know, you reach out to God and you say, I, I need some help with this. And you hear, go hang out with the monks, go to Asia. And just like written the story, you, you like, you don't even question it. You pack your stuff and you go. Am I right? Yeah. The, the, no questioning at all. Like No question of how you're going to do it. No idea of like, what's this look like? Is this risky? Asking your friends, like, should I do this? It's just, I'm gone. There, there was, you know, I was at the bottom of the bottom. So Huh. Obviously, whatever I was doing wasn't working. Uh, I wasn't, you know, going to go home to my family in Morocco and hang out with them because my doctor um, wanted to see me. And also because they're loud. I love them. But, you know, just being in that <laughs> environment loud. where they also speaking at me and I can't speak yeah. wasn't going to help me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I just I needed people who were not speaking, either, <laughs> you know. And it made sense. It made complete sense. Like, yeah, why not? And I asked my doctor and she said, yeah, it's going to be a while. So if you want to go, go. Wow. 
So I, I put a backpack together and I landed in Hawaii for a few days and uh, just kind of like to regroup. And then I bought a one-way ticket to um, Korea, South Korea. Mm. And uh, that was my first, that was my first Asian country. So I land in Korea and that's where you, you didn't speak the language at all. Like I didn't speak period. Well, yes, that was a dumb question. He needs like <laughs> understanding anything from I, any of that country. Don't, don't worry. Like I said, I am a good listener. Like, <laughs> like I said, yeah. Just if if, if you're gonna do any coaching with me, just remember that I'm it's gonna making hear me you rethink exactly like all you of are. our conversations we've yeah. ever had, Nick, in the what? last two years. Is he saying something? <laughs> is, is someone speaking here? It, what what was that? It's a, it's a, <laughs> no, that's phenomenal. Actually, that's um, kind of funny. So yeah, you don't speak period. All right. Touché, and I you know, touché. I land there and I, I have I have a panic attack. Yeah. Like wow. a major panic attack in Seoul at the airport. Yeah. It kind of like hit me. You know, all these voices in my head are like what are you doing here? Are you crazy? There's no one you know. No Who one looks you? like me anymore. Yeah. Not even one bit. Um, it's just, I had like major panic attack. I had to like sit down and breathe through it. Wow. Uh, thank God I had like that breath work um, uh, training that I had done through yoga and meditation and all. Uh, because I was like, oh my God, you're here. You don't know anyone. No one looks like you. You're 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 lost you know whatever happens to you here no one's gonna come and save you yeah wow hmm. you Which, you you are the giant's journey like this is blowing my mind a little bit like you are it like you're in a land that you don't know and you're looking at something that seems insurmountable and you ask the questions any one of us would ask in that situation like who am i can i even do this this is, you know, questioning yourself even like, who are you to do something like this? This is bigger than you in a way. Mm -hmm. Maybe you should go back, right? Backward to playing small in a way, right? Finding the the giants, which in this scenario would be the monks to teach yeah. you something that, that, you know, a different way of being. Yeah. Yeah. So looking back, like, where do I go back to? You know, I asked myself that, like, okay, what if I want to go back? But where do I go back to? Yeah. There's nothing to go back to. Everything that was my identity or my life up to that point was gone. Right? The job, I, what, what am I going to go get a job? I can't go get a job. I can't speak. Hmm. Uh, you know, I my the love that I had in Hollywood, I rented. So when I, I don't have a home to go back to. Uh, my car was sitting there, but what am I going to go live in my car without a job? You know? This, yeah. You know, without there's no one I could speak to, no social life, no. So I didn't even know, I didn't even have something or someone to go back to. And when I say someone, I mean me. Yeah. You know, yep. like completely sh identity was completely shattered. Um, so I think I'm thinking about that sitting at the airport and I'm like having more of a panic attack. And I'm looking forward and I'm like, where are you even going? And I didn't know. I'm like, I don't even know where I'm going. I know I'm going to this temple and that's it. Hmm. And, but God was there, you know, God was like, this is where you're going. So looking hmm. forward, there was God, but looking backward, there was no God. So that's what helped me 
go forward. So through that breath work, calm myself down. Yeah. Got through the airport, got to the city, couldn't find the hotel for the life of me. Couldn't ask anyone because, hey, I can't speak. Took me two Remember hours. Remember that, Nick? She can't place. speak at that point. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to anchor that in. <laughs> Hold on. Finally, I'm like, you know, I, I put the hotel in like a, in a piece of paper and I started showing it to people and just like now I'm using sign language. Like finally, this guy helps me and takes me there. I get there and I pass out for like 16 hours. Whoa. You know, panic attacks, they take a lot out of you. And then the trip yeah. and all of that. So I was exhausted. I slept for 16 hours. Wow. The, the jet lag, the time change and all of that. And I woke up and I was good. So I woke up, went to went to the temple and uh, did a temple stay there. It was my first temple stay. Met met with the monks. Uh, they gave me a room, basically slept on the floor, uh, gave me my program. You're going to wake up at 4 a.m. You're going to sweep the temple. You're going to clean. You're going to meditate. You're not going to speak. Um, just going to, and you're going to just meditate with us. You're going to fast all day. You know, <laughs> that's funny, Ryan. <laughs> I, I think I'm going to remember this by the end of the show. <laughs> um, so I have another panic attack there at the, at the temple because it also hits me like, what are you doing here? You're sleeping on the floor, cleaning temples, wearing this monk clothes. What happened to you? Are you crazy? Just like a few days ago. You had a great title. You had a great job. You made a lot of money. You had this amazing house and friends and all of this. What? How? What? What's happening? Yeah. So I have another panic attack, and this time, you know, like the monks just kind of like help me meditate and like sit down and slow down, and uh, and I met this. Okay, can we hang on to that? Like, hang on to where you're going. The, the panic attacks, let's let's hit on that for a minute because there's a nugget in there for people that are hearing because often those panic attacks are so intense. It it can feel like people like you're dying. Yeah. Like you, you're physically, physiologically going to die and yeah. you don't, but it feels like that and your body responds that way. And what did you discover in working through those panic attacks? And what are some tools that you discovered from the monks to be able to do that? And then anchor in where you're going to go next. So that remember where you just left off. Okay. Okay. So okay. next is big wave master. Okay. How did I deal with the, the panic attacks? Really the breath work helped me so much. Mm. You know, the, the, those tools that I learned through yoga, the Ujjayi breath, which is the breathing through the throat, really slows down the nervous system, really calms you down. Because mm. uh, you're in panic mode, right? So the nervous system is either in one or two. You're either like gonna collapse like a turtle, or you're trying to flee, or you're trying to attack. Yeah. You know? So you're in that place of alert, 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 danger. And that's what people do, right? They either run away from the situation or they attack, right? They they or they get collapse or they collapse. Okay. Right. Yeah. And so the ujjayi breath, which is the the ocean breath that I learned through yoga, which is through the throat. You know, you just really slows down the nervous system. So just focusing on that is, is what saved me, really. Mm. And, you know, staying present because your, your thoughts are going, hi. Hi, Capri. Good morning. 
<laughs> your thoughts are going so 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 fast mm. uh, so the the breath and is what does it for me really it was the breath and so from there <clears throat> you know you learn that you're not dying first mm. of all right and because it's a mechanism right it's just a mechanism that takes over you that's ancient in us right so it comes from long long time ago it's blueprint it's it's dna there's a danger as long as you believe it in your head it's like a lion is attacking you you might not see the lion attacking you but in your head you're sure that it's attacking you mm. and that you're dying uh so for me the only way was to breathe uh stay in the present moment and look around so like looking at things that this is a tree yeah i'm looking at a tree this is a house i'm looking at a house so just really focusing anchoring yourself in the present through mm. through the ocean breath um and so this is this is where you lead into the waves right kind of that ocean breath mm -hmm. is that yeah. right yeah yeah the the ocean breath is the yogi breath and it, it comes from uh it comes from the throat so you're not you're breathing through the mouth through the nose but it's like you inflate in the belly as you inhale and as you exhale you deflate the bones just you hear it's called the ocean breath because mm. you hear the ocean through the through the throat as you're making that that sound mm. um so i get to meet big wave master uh he showed up the same day i showed up which was amazing he's never there so this guy is like a huge, huge monk. He uh, kind of like the head of Buddhism, if you want, in like China, Japan, hmm. and Korea. Uh, basically places where the uh, Tibetan monks can go. You know, the Dalai Lama is not allowed in China and certain places. And so they kind of like ask for this guy to replace him when, 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 when they don't allow the other one in. And so I meet him and the, the lady tells him my story and he doesn't speak English. I don't speak at all. <laughs> and he's like, oh my God, I have the same issue. I lose my voice a lot. And so he gets up, gets me this packets of salt, Himalayan salts. And he's like, just take this every night, suck on it. It's going to help you. I lose my voice a lot, but you're here for a reason. So he gives me a few tips. Uh, he says, just meditate a lot. You're not going to get to know yourself. Don't be scared of your journey. Uh, he's super sweet, super nice. He's like 85 years old. Hmm. Um, very loving. For the first time, I'm like sitting with people who finally understand what I'm going through. Like since July, I'm going through this journey and no one understands. Like, you know, when I was in LA, people are still speaking at me and I'm trying to like answer in writing. But people, people are impatient. By the time I write something down, they're already on to their next conversation. Hmm. Can you I know, like, can I enter enter something in here real quick? Yeah, of course. <clears throat> so you got to stand on big big wave, master, right? Mm -hmm. His shoulder for a minute. He doesn't speak the language. So like in in my original story when I wrote this, the the small when he went up to the ear of the giant and he he yelled in his ear, he couldn't hear the giant or understand the giant because the words were so big and he was a small. So getting those giant words into his tiny little ears was hard. And, and here you're in a situation that is literally that like, here's somebody that doesn't speak your language that is teaching you and comforting you 
and putting you on their shoulder and saying, look, I've been here before. I've done this. This is what you'll need to do. Just trust me. And you feel that love and that concern for you, but they kind of coach and guide you through. And I love that his name is Big Wave Master. Like that's a giant title, right? Mm-hmm. So he's he's out there like teaching you, putting him on his shoulder saying, just trust me. And you feel that relaxation into it. You don't fully understand it yet, but you just, you just know like that's, that's what you should be doing. Is that accurate? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's throughout my journey with all these monks, a Mm. lot of them said things I didn't understand, you know, there, I mean, these people are like been, they've gone through, they're giants, like you call them, right? So what did you say? No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) But I can't understand what they're saying. Their words, they're, you know, just like what you're saying, just when when he would say, for example, sit with it, Mm. just sit with what you're going through. Uh, What does that mean? You know, there's war going. So when I started doing that, what does that mean? Like sit with it. There's like, I mean, like hell. You know, my whole world just collapsed. I don't know who I am anymore. I don't know what's going on. Hmm. I, I I can't just sit with it. I need, like, I'm screaming inside, inside, right? Because I can't even, like, scream it out. Yeah. Yep. And, and you tell me to sit with it, and they're like, just trust me. And Big Wave Master and everyone in that temple in Korea or in uh, Malaysia, or in Cambodia, or Thailand, or Vietnam, or Nepal, or Indonesia, all these places I've been to, they all ask me to sit with it. And, you know, and I'm like, I don't understand what you're telling me. I hear it. I know that's exactly what I need to do. I agree. But it's too painful right now. Mm. Uh, and these monks, they're so enlightened. They're like so out there that hmm. their the language was hard for me to grasp, you know? And the more I sat with it in meditation, the more the voices got louder and the more memories came back to me. Your your voices, your memories or theirs? Who's theirs? So you said when you're in meditation, the voices got louder. Who's, whose voices? Your, your voice inside of you or well, what you heard so them the say? The voices of the programming, everything okay. I picked up, you know? That's why I call this like, my voice is the only thing that matter because my voice is the voice of God in me. That's my mm. voice. You know, that's love. That's the, that's my truth. Everything, the other voices are programming, right? They're like programmed. Mm. Um, so those are not my voices, but I sure did adapt them as mine. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's profound right there. Just to highlight that. Yeah, right. so your your higher voice was always there, but the other voices that you would hear, like how you should do things or how you should be showing up in this, you adopted those, mm-hmm. right? And they're loud. Hmm. You know, they're really loud. I mean, it's thirty-two of those voice, thirty-two years of those voices, you know, being heard, me following them, doing what they want me to do, hmm. uh, leading me. You know, uh, so the more I, when I st- sat in meditation, they got even louder. Hmm. Uh, and that that's the whole sit with it, as the monks were saying, I was like, 
no, I can't, I can't hear these voices anymore. They're driving me crazy. And I just said, just, just see what you need to see. Yeah. Um, so things started coming back. So major things that had happened in, 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 in my life started coming back, you know, things that have happened in my childhood, things that have happened is my teenage life, things mm. that have happened um, as an adult, things that have happened, uh, a lot of things that, have, that, had, that I had suppressed. Because I was so like, go, 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 uh, that I would just like move on to the next thing. You know, something, something happens, you know, let's say I go through a bad breakup or something like that, or I, I move to a different job or mm. I have any sort of conflict or issue, I'll just jump to the next one. You know, no, no time for processing or grieving or understanding or it's always the other person's fault. It's always the situation's fault. It's always my boss's fault. It's always it's all about, you know, circumstances. So let me just go find some new boyfriend, some new circumstance, some new job, some new. Can, can we hang on that for a minute? Yeah. Because this is this is also powerful because you would think in meditation that these things will shut down. You go into mindfulness and. Mindfulness is simply being aware of what's going on. Meditation is really sitting with it, right? Mm -hmm. And in meditation, people think, well, if I go into meditation, these voices will shut off. And what you're sharing with this is, no, they didn't shut off. They actually enhanced and got louder. And this is where I think a lot of people shut down is when those voices get loud, we go to numbing. We go to shutting off our brain or going to the next relationship or going to the next thing or going to something that can just take our mind off of that loudness for a minute. Mm -hmm. It's like stepping out of the room, but you need to be in the room. You've got to do the work and the work can only be done in the room. But when it gets so loud in there, we want to exit. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be here. And, and the power comes from sitting in that room and being with the voices. Is that accurate? Absolutely. Hmm. You, you know, that's why meditation is hard for a lot of people. Uh, People, some people think meditation is like what you were saying. It's for things to an escape. You know, a lot of people think it's an escape. Yeah. But it's not. Meditation is is that awareness of watching your thoughts, mm -hmm. watching the voices, and being with them. It's it's kind of like holding space for yourself. Wow. Uh, and the more you hold space the more you hold space for yourself with compassion and just see what's happening inside of you with, with love and compassion, the more the voice is kind of like when there seems like the shadow, when the shadow is seen or brought to the light, it kind of like, you know, slows down. It's like bringing that monster out of the closet and then it mm. doesn't look so big anymore. Right. Shining the light on it. Right. Yeah. You shine the light on it and he feels loved and seen. Mm. It becomes an ally. Right. But he, but he, but it has to be seen. Like that pain has to be seen and felt and processed and dealt with, and understand that, wow, this is the story. Because what's happening is like this, this happened, and this is the story I picked up from what happened, hmm. and I adopted it as truth, and it's it's in my subconscious and it's directing my life, hmm. right? So then you go backward into like, okay, this is this is what happened. This is the story I picked up. And now I see it. I see the pain in it. And once you do see that, then you can create a new story, you know, 
but you can't kind of like bypass that whole seeing the the story for 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 what it was or 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 trying to shut it down like you stupid for creating that story that mm-hmm. wasn't what happened um just move on it's not a big deal it's it's okay that you picked up that story that you did the best you could with the thinking you had let's let's talk about that because you you talk about holding space and that that you just described right there is that holding space cuz I've, I've said that statement or that phrase to people and they're like, what do you mean by holding space? Space is emptiness. You, you, you hold on to something like you grab that you grab something that's not there. Like, so when, when you're talking about holding space, it's really just creating enough room and acceptance for that to be present. Like it's okay that you're feeling or having these thoughts. It's okay that they're even here. It's okay for you to be showing up the way you are because you are. To deny that is just stating that your story doesn't have validity and your your story will fight for validity because that's what the voices do. So when you say it's not true, it'll show you all the reasons why it should be true. And so holding space for it is simply, hey, it's okay. It's maybe not ideal, but it is what it is. Is that kind of how I'm hearing it? Or Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. You're, you know, the, that's the ego. Yeah. The ego will fight you because you will come up with 2,000 reasons why that story is right. Not 2,001? <laughs> 3,001 <laughs> if you want, you know? Right. You, you will find all the evidence. Yeah. You know, and what, what I've learned now is the there is no... There's no need to fight that story that the ego is trying to tell you. Um, what I've learned today is it's not about whether the story is true or not. Because you can find evidence that it's true. The ego would do that. Hmm. The, the question that I ask myself now is, okay, I can see truth in that story. Fine. I believe you, dear ego. Yes. Hmm. But does, does, does the story serve me? You know, and when I when I ask myself that, I validate the story and then I'm like, okay, but does it serve me? And if the answer is no, which most of the time it is, then I'm like, okay, well, can we create a new story that would serve us? Me and you, dear ego together in this. I'm not trying to isolate you or push you or tell you you're bad. You're part of me. You are me. Um, so wh- how about we find something that works for both of us? I, I look at Capri here, right? Nine years old. And if I were having a conversation where I'm at currently with her, I need to approach it gently with her. Mm-hmm. Like I wouldn't teach her in the language that I use where I'm at currently. I would be gentle and come back to her way of speaking and her way of being and talk to her from there so that she can have an understanding and create from that and create some growth and healing from that. And when it comes to our inner child and and we say inner child as though it's any different from who we are, but basically there are parts of us that are underdeveloped that are still within us that need that gentle conversation. Like you're saying, dear ego, Like you're not saying you mother effing whatever, right? Plug these. Um, But you're, you're saying gently, look, this is what needs to occur 
And can we recreate this? Can we have some fun with it? Can we have some, can we play with it? And that's the key word there, Nick, you know, the playing, mm. because this inner child or this part of you that's hurting or, you know, for, she just want to play, right? She just, she's here to play. That's, that's the whole, mm. this, this is our playground, this, this earth, this planet, this life. And she just wants to play and have fun and be in joy and at peace. So when, you know, using those words are really important because, you know, she would hold on to the story. Like, no, the story really happened to us when we were seven, you know, like it really happened. And they said that and they they, did that, you know, and I'm, and I'm talking about like some traumatic stuff. Mm. Um, And, but then when you tell her, yes, it happened. And, but now look at us, we're stuck. And from this place, we can't play. Mm. Let's find a different a different story and from because from that place we can play mm. you know she's seven you know right and she's like oh yeah i want to play of course you mm. know and so we do this right so we're not no longer doing this my mm. story versus your story versus i need to move forward stop nagging me okay happen what's the big deal you know it's yeah. more like yeah it happened we're doing this and together we're we're moving forward to play together always a creation though so like when you go back to that younger version of yourself which is essentially what you're doing you're going to those unhealed parts instead of really talking down to yourself which is what we have a tendency to do you're loving and embracing that you're just really just bringing it forward with you like let's hold hands through this let's hug and and carry forward together through this let's recreate this and play with it and and it takes some gentleness to kind of ease yourself through that story to a new story because you truly are creating it anyway. Like every time you retell that story, you're recreating it and restoring it. There's no memory that is exactly as it was when it was created because every time you bring it up, you rewrite the story. Exactly. And so now why not rewrite that story in a way that serves you? And I love that question. Does it serve me? And if it doesn't, can we rewrite it so that it does? Right. And does it serve me? Meaning, you know, all of us. Mm. Not just like me right now, yeah. standing here trying to like move forward or trying to do whatever I want, but like all of us, mm. uh, you know, it took me a while to understand this, this, this softness required uh, in this process. Mm. Um, it really, really took me a while because I, you know, like I said, I'm a, uh, you know, I, I grew up as a go-getter as an achiever as you know i grew up in a family it's all about uh, doing and being an achiever and working hard and which is nothing wrong with that you know i really love and appreciate those work ethics hmm. uh, i still have them i still use them but it was like very much just that you know now bringing the other parts to this uh helps me a lot more so imagine you're like sitting there in meditation this in in asia and you're, you know, I still brought that same intensity of like, okay, I'm going to meditate. I'm going to figure this out. Right. Mm. And okay. I'm going to sit with it. Like they said, I'm going to figure it out. Okay. So let's see all these thoughts. Okay. Okay. I'm, you know, trying to do it fast. Like I'm trying to reach something and which made it a lot more harder for me. Um, Is that a secret of life? Like the harder you push and the harder you try to figure out, the harder it gets. There's nothing to figure out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Beautiful. 
There is nothing like Steve says huh. it's a mountain with no top. Uh, but there's there's nothing. There's just you know again holding that space softly and nicely, and that's self love. When mm. you're like pushing and pushing, like you gotta do it, you gotta figure it out. That's not self. That's not self love. It's you're not doing it fast enough. You're not doing it right. Like all these things that we say to ourselves, like who, you know, going back to your questions, who are you? Who am I? Yeah. Yeah. Who am hmm. I? That was a, that was a really hard question for me to answer. Hmm. Uh, who am I without my family? Who, who am I? Who am I without this job? What am I without this career? Uh, who am I without this life or, you know, without this body, without, that was really, really hard for me to, to, to look at. The, the answer truly could be to that. Anything you want, like, who am I? without any of that is whoever you want to be like, it's a creation. So th this is where I hear in your journey that you start having a recognition, a realization that there's nothing to do. There's, there's a lot of things to start becoming, right? Yeah, exactly. Which, you know, didn't happen right away. Hmm. I got my voice back when I was in Cambodia at a temple. Uh, well, I, I almost died in Cambodia. I had some like terrible poisoning. I don't know what it was. Um, I was in a bus, like I took this journey to Siem Reap from the South all the way to Siem Reap and it was 11 hours and it was just me and like 11, more than that, was, the bus was full of Cambodian men. So it's just me and Cambodian men and we all, we, the bus stopped and they all grabbed some food and I grabbed some food too. I guess I just couldn't digest it. Mm -hmm. I got really, 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 really sick. Uh, and I, when I get to see him reap, I'm like in the bathroom, like, it's just terrible. I was severely dehydrated. And at that point, I, I just gave up. Hmm. I collapsed in the bathroom and I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go. That's it. I don't want to do this anymore. I've been here for months trying to you know, looking at all these shadows, all these traumas and all these things. It's been months of me dealing with all these beliefs and thoughts and pains and I still can't speak and I'm here by myself and now I'm like in terrible pain surrender so I'm just I, I was like surrender to death I'm like let me you know I have a tattoo here that I got in Nepal I don't know if you guys can see it yeah yeah it's in Sanskrit and it says surrender actually hmm. so I gave up in that bathroom I like I'm like okay God I'm ready to go please take me I'm done just I hope my family can find me and I collapse and I pass out. I don't know how long it went by, but like my voice of my mom woke me up where she started like calling my name, like Sarah, wake up. Don't go now. Wake up, wake up. And that's what brought me back. And I, I dragged myself downstairs and I was like, please take me to hospital. Before I went to Cambodia, you know, the crazy thing is I was in Malaysia and a voice told me, God told me, buy traveler's insurance. I bought traveler's insurance and I went to Cambodia and thank God I did that. Serendipitous, you know, that's my, <laughs> my playa name, my burning man. Yeah. <laughs> and thank God I bought that insurance because they were able to take me to an American hospital in Cambodia because I was like, oh my God, I'm going to go to some Cambodian hospital that's I'm for sure going to die. And because I listen to God one more time about the insurance. I was able to go to an American hospital. They took me in a tuk-tuk. I don't know if you guys know a tuk-tuk. It's one of those like 
um, well, in Asia, they have, it's like a motorcycle where you sit in the back. And it's got and the so cover on it and stuff. Like, like a little, like two seater cover. In the thing. back, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. They took me to the hospital. I'm like, puke. Anyway, I get there. They put me in IVs and I'm, I'm in, I'm in a coma for like a couple of nights. I like completely, wow, holy cow. I'm completely lost it. I'm, I'm gone. And it was, I needed the sleep. I needed to relax and I just needed to do that. I wake up, thank God. And from there, I went to a temple, and that's where I got my voice back. Hmm. Um, finally, a little bit, really, really raspy. Um, the first thing I said was hello, because every morning I would try and like test it. Like, can I say hello? I, <laughs> I was thinking like pizza. Or <laughs> first words out of him. Pizza, like ET, like pizza. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> yeah. That morning I said hello, and it was like there was sound, very raspy, but sound. And I was like, oh my God, who's speaking? It's someone, you know, I haven't heard my voice in so long. It's been months. Wow. I'm like, oh my God, who's speaking? And so I I, I was super excited. Um, told my doctor and she's like, only use it like 15 minutes a day. I'm like, oh, please. Uh, but I decided like, to get back to Did you try to, to say Cambodia. as many things as you can in 15 minutes? Like <laughs> right. I would like, I would like plan out my 15 minutes of like- How now brown kill? How now brown kill? <laughs> it's what I did, you know, it's what I did. And the, the, I started like looking like, are you worthy of me to use my voice with you? Which, you know, obviously everyone is worthy, but that's how yeah. I, I'm looking at it, right? Like, is this, person or is this situation worthy enough for me to use my voice wow um but then i decided i'm like cambodia gave me my voice back found this found this orphanage and decided that i was going to teach this kids english to thank the country back for giving me my voice back so wow. i started doing that uh teaching english um and then it was like terrible rain that happened and then the whole orphanage got destroyed so i started this gofundme page we asked people around the world to donate to this place. So we raised like over a thousand dollars and gave hmm. them the money. They rebuilt the orphanage. And um, it was a beautiful, Cambodia is a special country to me. Um, a lot of beautiful things happened there. Um, There's a beauty in what you just shared right there. <clears throat> and, and I'm having this thought, I'm gonna share it out there, is that no matter where you are in the world, there's a country that's developed a level lower than where you're at. And so what you do has a, a huge impact. Like when I went to Mexico, you know, to, to spend the money I did down there to help people out up here, wouldn't have done a thing, not yeah. hardly a dent down there. It made a huge impact, you know, a thousand dollars in the U S that, that's not even going to pay the lights in most cases for a month. Mm -hmm. You go to Cambodia, rebuilds a school. Like when I was in Mexico, one of the families or one person I talked to there said they went to Colombia and Colombia is in a worse situation than Mexico. So she yeah. would go to Colombia and help out because the money would go so far there. Like there's always somewhere where you can look at somebody that's at a level lower than where you're currently at and serve in some form. And it's not just money. I'm talking about in the giant's manner. If you have something to give, it might not make a huge impact in your circle, but you step out of that into a, somebody that's that's climbing the ladder, so to speak, 
it'll make a huge impact. And it's not just a financial thing. It's not financial at all because if you know, giving them that money to help build the, the school is huge, right? Because they need the money. Absolutely. Yeah. It's 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 huge help to them. Like what they gave me though is so much more than that. Hmm. Right? It's I got my voice back. I got the joy of being with these kids. I got to see them in so joyful. So they they don't have anything, these kids, right? It's it's they don't have anything, absolutely mm. nothing. But to see them like so happy um and so joyful and so excited about learning and so curious, so interested, um is uh is is the biggest thing they could have given me. And there is no no money can buy that. Yeah. Wow. Isn't that um, amazing? Experience is the most valuable thing that we can create in this world. It's the only thing that we can take everywhere we go. Right. Yeah. That, the, the, and sharing, you know, sharing space with people hmm. in very powerful, deep ways um, is it changes you. Right. It's experiential. It's not concept. Right? We're not just talking about some sort of concepts that someone right. learned. But you're experiencing it firsthand, and it shifts you deeply. Uh, and you can't, you can't unsee it once you see it. It's just impossible to, you know, no one can take that experience away from me. Uh, and, you know, those those kids, I would remember them forever. Um, and the founder of that of that orphanage, Mr. Ross. Uh, you know, he he took me to his family home. We had dinner. I met his mom, his sisters. Uh, you know, just that that experience itself was absolutely amazing. Mm. And at no point did I feel scared in Cambodia. Um, you know, he drove me in his motorcycle like an hour away out of Siem Reap. Um, and at no point did I feel like, oh my God, what's happening? What's going, you know, like those panic attacks were way gone. Um, I just felt so safe and loved and like sense of deep belonging because we mm. shared something so deep that makes us human. Uh, there's no culture involved. There is no society involved. There is no, it's just human to human experience. Um, so Cambodia is, is a huge, huge place in my heart. Mm. Yeah, I, I feel like this entire journey that you've been on and your voice that you're sharing now is that journey. <clears throat> you're, you're clarifying what it takes to go from a life that you lived a lifetime in and wake up from that. Because I know people that are waking up in their 60s, 70s, 80s that are, that are now recreating themselves again. And it's like mountains without tops is if we're on a giant's journey, there are so many areas where we are not giant, right? So many opportunities to grow, so many opportunities to pull the weeds, so many opportunities to climb mountains that maybe we haven't even looked at yet. It is not, it's never a single journey. Like your journey is a model, but you'll do this again and again and again in different ways. Now you have this model of what it takes to go from an awakening through the anger, through the gratitude, through the uncertainty and vision of, 
one day I have this vision of having my voice back and not knowing how it's going to happen, but stepping anyway, like in, you know, Steve Jobs thing, you can't connect the dots looking forward. Mm-hmm. Like you stepped out faithfully, like trusting these dots are going to connect and I'm going to follow whatever comes even going through the frustration to the point of having to surrender. These are the giants journeys, by the way, the 12 journeys, and they're not unique to us, but they're in everything. Mm-hmm. You go to the surrender where you are at the point that you nearly die. And as soon as you surrendered, your voice comes back. Yeah. As soon as you surrendered. And yeah, she speaks now. <laughs> I'm, I'm very, <laughs> very aware. <clears throat> but you nurtured it all the way along. You nurtured it all the way along. And you, you found tools to help yourself feel good. To help I did. I did. And you know, for me, Nick, it's not, you know, I wasn't. The universe had to like smash me into the wall, right? Mm. Like for me to wake up. I mean, I've had signs before and things like that. But like I said, I was so focused, like the hard work and succeeding and having a career. And, you know, is so ingrained in me that there's no other way. You know, like there's, yeah, I mean, I believed in God and God was great. um, But, you know, I had priorities. You know, I was so into the material. I was so into Mm. like. And the partying and the having fun and the drinking and the cocaine and all of that, you know, like just going really, really hard. We didn't even get into that part yet. Nick but and I like, wait, wait, <laughs> we didn't even talk about okay, the cocaine. cocaine. Let's, can we, we go we back? Cocaine? <laughs> <laughs> you know, in all honesty and transparency, that's what my life was, you know, like working yeah. hard, partying hard, you know, drinking, drugging, you know, having, it looked great, you know. Uh, so there was no place for me to even question that anything is wrong because I was succeeding. Why would I question it? Yeah. And, you know, the only way for me to really hear was for God to smash me against the wall. And it it did feel like that. It felt like, you know, let's (laughs) talk. (laughs) That's going to be another episode, Natalie. Yeah, that'll be. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Completely smashed. Doesn't it take that? Like that, that you're you're in your down part when you're down. That's when you see the light. When you really get in touch with reality as it is, that's when you see a possibility. But when people get into reality, they feel so down and trodden and sad and anxious that they numb out. They, they don't come out of that the way it's designed to go. They, they go back into their unconscious behaviors and they, they try and sneak back into their old way of being. And it's so uncomfortable, but they, they do it anyway because they know it. People will stay in discomfort even when they know it. it's like the, the dog that sat on the nail on the porch, right? The, I don't know if you know that story. And, and that's what I've, I had yeah. been doing, right? Like, yeah through relationships, through new jobs, through all of that. Like everything sometimes doesn't work out. I just change it for something new and better. And I've succeeded that and change it for something new and better. You know, those were like the little nudges that I didn't see. Hmm. The the, the, Losing my voice, I had no choice. What am I going to party? I can't party. What what am I going to, you know, work? I can't work. What am I going to go back to my family? I I can't. There's nothing. I can't. There was no way. Yeah. There was no way for me going back and God wasn't going to give me my voice back until I completely surrendered. Wow. And that that's what happened in that bathroom in Cambodia. Like I had to 
fully, fully surrender, even when I was in meditation. And I didn't, you know, when I was going through that period of temple hopping, I say I used to go bar hopping and now I'm going temple hopping. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, I didn't feel like drinking. I didn't feel like partying. I didn't feel like working. You know, I just really wanted to sit with this stuff. Even when things really painful came back, like I remembered that I was molested as a child. I had no memory of that before. I lived my whole life not knowing I was molested as a child. When he came back to me in meditation, like I saw the whole movie happening and it was devastating to see that. It was absolutely devastating because I saw it when it happened the first time, the second time, the third time, when I was five, when I was eight, when I was nine, you know, like I was just there in front of me and I was like, holy crap, this happened. And you know, even then I didn't feel like grabbing the drink, hmm. you know, as painful as that was. And then other things came back, you know, all kinds of things came back. And that's like watching the movie, the movie, the movie of my life. That's what the monks were saying, sit with it and basically watch the movie of your life. Clean it, clean yeah, all Grab some things, popcorn, get a drink, yeah. sit down, just be with sit it. Sit down because right. you're about to watch her, some serious movie. And look, I didn't. Yeah. My, I grew up in a very loving family. My, my parents are amazing. You know, my brothers are cool. My, you know, I grew up in, but things happened, you know, yeah. things happen. It's no one's fault. Now I see that it's no one's fault. Obviously I went through that anger period. Like how dare did this happen to me? My own home. Right. right. Um, but it, it's, it, it's no, you know, I don't blame anybody. It's just the story of my life that got me here. Yeah. And I fully own it and take responsibility and for it and grateful that it happened and grateful for my journey and grateful for those Cambodian kids and uh, for every monk that I've come across for the, 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 the I, I went to Pokhara. I ended my journey in Pokhara in, in Nepal and for the monks I met there, the teachers I met in the Himalayan mountains and everything they taught me. Um, so, you know, it, it, it definitely was a beautiful journey and then going back to LA after that integration <laughs> mm. yeah that that's a that's a topic right there that I think we should talk about on a show because that is so common as you have this experience I think I, I want to call it the Narnia distinction right the the girl goes into the closet she's gone for d hours days almost she comes back and only a few seconds have passed did you guys miss me and then she's got she's got to reintegrate with this whole experience that she's had over here. So it's almost that Narnia distinction is you've had this whole lifetime over here in Asia. And now you got to reintegrate. Yeah. It happens to military. It happens to people who go on journeys like what you're talking about. It happens a lot um, where, where we have to come back and go back into our lives. And we could spend an hour at least on that. And I think oh, we yeah. should. That's a whole different topic. <laughs> yeah, I think we should. Because it's vital because that, that can also spin you up. Yeah. You're integrating. But can you touch on it briefly? Yeah. I'm, like when I got back, I I did, I got a job, you know, yeah. back into market research. I was good at it. It's good money. You know, I was like, okay, let me just go get a job. And also there was also the pressure of like people around me. Okay. So you had this journey and okay, cool. Now back to real life. Right. When are you going to get a job? Just and I'm like, and I, I fell into that. I was like, OK, 
and I did an interview and I did get a job. Uh, and also the, the thing like, don't wait too long, you know, because otherwise you'll, you'll expire in the market kind of thinking. And I did get a job the day of going back to start at that job. My body couldn't get up. Mm. I just couldn't, my body couldn't do it. My, I just, I didn't, so I didn't go. I didn't go. I called them up. I was like, I'm sorry. It's not, I'm just not going to do it. And I decided there's no rush. I don't, I don't need to do anything for anyone. This integration process needs to take the time it needs to take. Mm. And um, I, I don't need money right now. So I'm going to take a year and chill. And I'm going to hire a coach to help me through this transition to kind of like help me put words into everything that's happened because the monks were great and very grateful and I love them. And I, I learned so much from them mm. and now I needed some sort of translations, right? So it was like, kind of like bringing the two together, some sort of pragmatic brain that can ease me into this and explain some of the things to me in simple English. Yeah. So I hired, I hired a coach for six months to help me figure out what to do next. And, help me integrate into this new phase of my journey. That's and amazing. Yeah. That's, that's what helped me. Yeah. Um, in, in all of this, I hear slow down. Oh like, yeah. Slow down. I mean, even, even in the surrender, a surrender is a forced slowing down almost. It's like you are so overwhelmed that you are forced to shut down. <clears throat> it's like you, your body shut down. Sometimes I think we get sick because our body is saying, it's time to be sick. It's time to take a pause. I remember Steve Chandler, I called him up and, and I was like, man, I'm feeling terrible. And he says, what do you do when you're sick? And, and I said, I don't know, try and get better. And he said, no, you be sick. You <laughs> be sick because your body's trying to teach you to slow down and just, just be present. And it's amazing that we push through that. We're, we're designed to just push through that. And then we don't get the proper healing. And we want to force it. We want to speed it up and we want the shortcut and we want to know all the solutions in advance. And we want to know the storyline. We want to know the spoilers. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, just, just be sick, be in a coma. What are you going to do from a coma? What are you going to do from this? What are you going to do from that? I just, yeah. I think what, what you're offering here is when you come back, especially like if events, we had this event last weekend, even that in a, in a smaller degree, there's a reintegration with life because you go mm -hmm. from experience like that and you come back to life and it's not that it's different. <laughs> and then you've got to blend and translate that into your current language. And that's where coaching is powerful because it helps you translate that and bring it into your world here so that you close the gap between here and there so that your reality right. becomes that. Right. But because then it's like you live in two different realities, right? Mm. Two parallel universes. Yeah. And, you know, what it can lead you to resent the people around you, right? The people in the small village, you can resent them because they don't understand you. They mm. don't, they, they're not seeing the same way you see, uh, you know, and that was, that was a, that was an eye opening in itself because you, that's that's not gonna help. That's not gonna help anybody resenting. Mm. That's only isolated. So you're you know you go back to compassion, right? The more compassion and love you have for them, the more you actually bring them into your own energy. Because if you do this to them, then you're just creating a separation. 
But if you have compassion and love and understand that they're on their own path and they don't have to, why do you have to understand? Why do they have to understand you? You know, why don't you understand them is the question. Hmm. Uh, because if, if you, you're asking them to give you something, you're not even giving them, hmm. uh, which is compassion and understanding. So like standing from that place of like, I get it. It's your own journey. I understand you and I love you and I have compassion. Then you do create that bond and they start, you know, you start attracting your energy starts attracting them. Yeah. Then they give you what you want, right? It's always, who are you in this relationship? It always begins with that. Who are you being in the relationship with, with the person in front of you, with your body, right? Like if you're sick, who are you being in that relationship? Are you just be, are you compassionate towards your body and letting it heal? Are you compassionate towards these people who you think are not understanding you? Mm. You know, it's always who are you being in any sort of relationship, whether it's people or body or money or time. or Yeah, yeah. It always begins with you. That that word compassion, the word passion means to be willing to suffer. And then calm from the Latin with, to suffer with, right? <clears throat> and a willingness to suffer with. So compassion is simply that is look, we're, we're both going to be suffering as we figure this out, but I'm willing to do that with you is a compassion. It's, it's that stance of I'm willing to be side by side as we work through this. Um, that, that does take, that takes compassion on both sides. You know, that, that takes both coming to an agreement to do that. I, I just, it's a powerful word. I, I think it's often used, but sometimes misunderstood. And, um, having that compassion is just really recognizing the humanness in all of us. Like we're all humans, we're all doing the work, but we each have to do our work, but there are people that are willing to suffer with us, right? In a way, right alongside. Yeah. Look, there is no other way but compassion. Mm. There's no other way. It's just not gonna, nothing else is gonna work. Uh, And I've like, when I, had compassion for me is when I was able to hold space for me and mm. see those things and love right. me and recreate my story. Uh, when I have compassion for people and see where they're coming from is where I'm able to bring them towards me and create a relationship, a loving relationship. I'm not saying every relationship is going to work. I can have compassion for you and say, and I need to leave this mm-hmm. relationship yeah. from a place of compassion, not from a place of F you, you don't see it. You don't understand me. You know, who do you think you are and all that? Then you just create an, and yeah, I leave yeah. you. Yeah. But if I'm like, I, I have compassion for you. I understand that you, what are you going through is, is painful or hard, or you just can't see it right now. And that's okay. And, 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 I, and I, not- I need to leave. And you're not my enemy. It's not, you're not my enemy. It's, it's simply that it's, it's a misalignment, but, and I have compassion for where you are and where I'm at. It's a self-compassion, but you're talking also compassion about things too, like finances and relationships or career, like having compassion around all of the things that you touch as I can see the power of that too. And we'll, we'll keep going. I mean, it's an hour and 11 minutes already. So we've already gone time. Um, is there anything else you want to share around that before we kind of wrap up here? It's about compassion. Yeah. Compassion. Yep. Or re-engagement. You know, the, yeah, the, the compassion piece is really important because when you're not in a compassionate place, you're in a judging place. 
Um, and so, and we all judge, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah, Carl Jung said that most people judge because it's easier. Right. And yeah. I love Carl Jung and his work yeah. on, on shadow work and all of that. Yeah. Um, so again, like the judging is just doesn't help you doesn't help doesn't help anybody. It doesn't move me forward. So if I can, if I can see anybody who's judging is judging from a place of pain, I can just turn that around and have compassion for you. And I'm going to have compassion for me and leave if it's too hard for us to actually get into an agreement. Mm. And that's true. Like you said, for anything, for money, for work, for any sort of relationship you're in in life because life is about relationships you're in a relationship with everything with your house hmm. with with your time with earth with your body with everything so the, the question i always ask when i feel like a little off is who am i in this who am i being in this relationship hmm. you know if, if i'm not you know if I, i'm overspending my money that just means i'm i'm not appreciative of my money um so I'm the one who's having, it's always about where am I standing? Perfect. Uh, so well, let, yeah, let, it's all about compassion. Let's, that, that, let's go ahead and wrap. We're, I'm going to ask you for one more thing uh -huh. and I'll have you be efficient with it is if you were to go back in time to the beginning of all of this and have a conversation with yourself, what is one piece of wisdom that you would have shared to carry you forward? Be gentle with yourself. Mm. That was really efficient, <laughs> <laughs> right? That's, I mean, I mean, that says a lot to me. Mm -hmm. It's one of my declarations and I always need to remember that, remind myself of that, uh, to be gentle with myself. Sarah, how do people find you? How do they so connect Sarah with you? Sarah at 90.com, um, Facebook, Sarah at 90, Instagram. Okay. Uh, yeah. Tell me if I spelled this right. You got it. Yay. Did I do all right? Sorry, I covered yes. it up. <laughs> You're good. You, you can go back to the comment. You too. love. <laughs> Ryan, any additional thoughts from you? You know, I was just sitting here thinking about uh, all the different ways that uh, we can um, serve others and serve ourselves, even if we don't feel like we have um, the voice. Um, there's lots of different ways that we can love people and serve them um by nonverbal things that's what kept coming up for me as well and then as you find your voice and as you go through your journey the the thing that i i find amazing um with sarah is that she could have just gone and reintegrated and said yep i'm good now but instead she said okay well i'm going to continue to work on myself and i'm going to turn around and i'm going to show others uh, another way and that that hey you know, you might not have the voice, I, but now mine's back. So I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you find yours. I'm going to help you to um, to see the giant in you. And uh, then you can then that person can turn around and do the same thing with other people. Um, and so I, I don't know. It was just amazing to sit here and I sat here just quiet, just listening to the conversation i was like enthralled with her her journey and what she went through and how how much it did parallel the book and uh you know in the end of the book it says this is the end 
you know, and no, it's not, it's not even close. She's, you know, she's going to turn around and she's going to continue to serve and love and, and support other people to find their voices. And so thank you, Sarah, for um, doing that because I watched you this week on stage, powerful voice in front of 400, 350, 400 people. Plus sharing the, the many more that were watching. Plus yeah. all of the people that were streaming and they got to hear your voice. Mm -hmm. So thank you for sharing it with us. Thank you. Thank you for acknowledging me, Ryan. Thank you for seeing me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I, I would say for those that are watching, for you that are watching, because it's you, each of you individually watching this, reach out to Sarah. If this speaks to you, reach out to her, have a conversation, look at her program, see what she's up to, see if it'll serve you in your journey. Because if it does, she's right here. She's right here. So you've got somebody that's a human, she's a human. I, we, we know we've given her a hug, like she's, she's real. a human being. Yeah. She's tangible. So reach out to her and have that conversation with her because it, it will be impactful. And it's one of those opportunities for you to stand on the shoulders of a giant. And so remember this, you know, as we wrap up here that we always say this, you're exactly where you're supposed to be. You're right on time. You're doing exactly what you should be doing in the creation that you're creating, whatever it is. And there, and there are giants like Sarah, Sarah, I'll say it again, cause I'm a good listener <laughs> that are there to put you on their shoulder. And so go make it a giant day. We love you. And we'll see you in the next video. Love you too. Thank you guys. I love you. <laughs>